Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, Old Man Grognard here on a late Wednesday morning, a little late getting the show out today. I had some stuff to do that some was related to gaming, some wasn't, you know how it goes. Had to get the boys home, get to take the wife to work and all that. And I wanted to talk about your game collection because I just finished putting up some game books and what we're doing is rearranging place the place. My wife moved her desk into the bedroom. I've got the office here for the time being. We're going to be getting a bunk bed in there for the grandkids, whatever. But the point is, we had to do some rearranging and moving of desks and things. Oh boy, was that fun. In the meantime, I used this opportunity to try and clean up and, you know, put things in order. And my game collection has grown to the point where Most of it has to reside in the garage because we have a small place. If I had a bigger place, it would probably be out, but I'd probably be crowded anyway. So what I did was I got some milk crates. I find milk crates work well. I don't know what you use. You might have some suggestions. So I got about four milk crates, and I just put what I call the essentials in here. Things I could just pull at a moment's notice. I didn't want to put every single thing I had. But I have to have a few things, and I figured four milk crates would work. Now, I'm looking at this, and it doesn't really have any rhyme or reason, but I know where everything is. That's, that's the important part, because I'll be running some games. I'll be writing some games pretty soon for my group and for the North Texas. So what I have here is four milk crates. The one on the right is my ba- my basic stuff. Uh, I've got, what have I got here? I've got Osric. I've got uh, D&D BX in one binder. I've got all my, well, my main first edition AD&D books plus the Fiend folio. I go over to the next crate. It spills over to my rule cyclopedia. Let me tell you, I thought I lost that thing today. I was so upset. That's one of the reasons why I was late with her episode. Creature Catalog, Dark Dungeons, it's Retro Claw, and two copies of Swords and Wizardry. One for me, one for my grandson, Gage. Labyrinth Lord Advanced Edition Companion. And things to create games, like the New Big Dragon Games, Deed 30 Companions, Tome of Adventure Design, Toolbox, and Ultimate Toolbox, the Central Casting Books, a copy of the Ready Ref Sheets, and I've got a module here I need to read. I've also got Blue Home, Prentice, and Journeyman Rules, some modules, some hex crawls, and other things that I've printed out. On the top right is basically a miscellaneous. I've got a little milk crate in there with with digest stuff in there, mostly some Savage Worlds and things I've read for reviews. I've got the Avamir stuff in there, the BX Essentials, as I collect the Midderlands things. Next to that is my mini DM screen. 
And the left, left, the left one is my second edition Astonishing Swordsman, Sorcerers of Hyperborea, with the modules and some charts. A uh, few other, the GM book for it, a big screen that is already set up for Astonishing Swordsman, GM screen. Gangbusters. Got to have Gangbusters because I do a lot, I do some of that. And Thunder Rift, my photocopy, or rather my print off the PDF of Thunder Rift. And that's to me right there is what I need. I've got Mutant Future in here also because I'm thinking of running some at the convention. I've also got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangers because Gage likes that game and my co- my big copy of Osteric. I've got a little copy up in the little thing. So this is how I arrange my games. That to me right there is the essentials. Now your essentials may change because you might be into different things. You might have more sci-fi in there or something like that. And I try to group the notes and things with the game. So you've got Astonishing Swordsman here and the four modules, plus four, a printout of the four modules that I had comb-bound that I could write in. Another module here, some character sheets, notes, and charts, and things like that. So uh, Hyperborean encounter tables. And next to that, I've got Gangbusters. I've got my box set. I've got my third edition reprint. I've got what I call the Gangbusters Companion, which is stuff that a friend of mine wrote up that printed out and bound for me. And I've got another binder with Gangbusters, which was a printout of the third edition that I used to use, but I keep a lot of stuff in there. That's the way I group them. Now, as opposed to my DVD collection, which is all alphabetized by title, this, it's more like, okay, I need D&D, here's D&D stuff, boom. Here's the Stonishing Swordsman, I need, here it is, right there. I like to keep things within arm's reach, especially if I'm doing podcasts like this. Thaco's Hammer comes in handy. If I can find my second edition stuff, I'll put it in here too. At least the main books, like the Monstrous Manual and things like that, because I'm always referencing it. And that's the way I arranged my games. Everything else stays out in the garage in plastic boxes. And that's about all I can do with them right now. I may have to go out there and grab a few things if I need to read something. I've got a ton, a ton of Frog God supplements that I bought in the last two conventions that I haven't even touched. I've got Bard's Gate. I haven't even touched it. Also, their monster books are out there. They may come in because they come in really handy, especially if I'm running Swords of Wizardry or any of the old school clones, even up to first edition or second edition. I use first or second because because I love Swords of Wizardry because they on AC they go either way because they can you can do up you can do up a stairs or downstairs. You can go ascending armor class or descending armor class. Or something like that. What I was really going to talk about today, not really talk about, but it's just, I'm always in the morning. I don't know. I don't think about this podcast until I get up in the morning. And I'm thinking, all I'm thinking is, hmm, what am I going to talk about today? And I always seem to come up with something. Sometimes I get something from like the night before, especially if it's like after the Monday game. The Monday game always gives me something to think about. But today I was thinking about characters. NPCs, again. And I know I've gone over, like, 
voices if you do it and this and that but you know what if you can't do any of that stuff you still gotta think about it's still good to think about people i love as you know character actors because some some of them are have quite a bit of range some of them that are considered major actors do a lot of character stuff johnny depp he's considered a major star Yet he is, he behaves like a character actor. He gets into the part. That's what character actors do. And sometimes they're very limited. And if they do one thing and they do it really well, it's a boon to whatever they're in, TV, movie, whatever. I'm recalling a story that Boris Karloff used to tell when he was a young kid and he was doing extra work in silence. He got a ride to the studio one day from none other than Lon Chaney Sr. And he said, I, he gave me the best bit of advice I can, I can think of. He says, what you have to do is to find something that nobody else can do and do it better than anybody else. That's, a good, that's good for role playing too. Do something well and do it the best. Do, do something, find your niche. Find your niche and perfect it. And mine is characters, NPCs, things like that. That's why I suggest them. But anyway, back to the NPCs thing. Character actors, a lot of them do like they're known for one thing, but they do it really good. So that's why they get work. I came up with a list of the types of characters that I do in my games. I should probably do more, but and I'm a buff of old Hollywood, classic cinema, things like that. And modern stuff. I can do modern stuff too, but mostly classics. So what I came up with was, oh, just a short list of character actors and where they can fit in in a game, in a type of game. Now I'm not going to go. Okay, this is a you know he fits in a fantasy, he fits in a sci-fi, he fits in because I'm just going to leave it generic, so you can sit it, fit it in whatever genre. I mean, people like Peter Lorre can go anywhere. You can do them in, a, in like a Call of Cthulhu campaign. You can do them in a White Star game or Traveler or Star Wars or D&D or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because the character is a type, because that's what character, that's what character actors were. They were a type. So I put Peter Lorre in Sydney Green Street. They both fit anywhere. If you got something that is not quite, if your, your characters are dealing with something that's not quite legal, and it's kind of shady. Now, Peter Lorre's a little sleazier of the two. So he could be the guy you have to deal with, like a fence or something like that. Sidney Greenstreet is more of a, oh, this is the man behind the man. This is, this is the guy who's trying to get something done. And he's trying to do it, and he doesn't want any questions. No questions asked. So it's that kind of thing. If I want to do a noble or somebody... Actually, City Greece would fit for a noble, too. If I want to do a noble or a judge or somebody who's really, really sarcastic or just got their nose in the air all the time, uh, an official, uh, a Jedi, even a Jedi master, hell, George Sanders. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm expect, if you guys want to follow this, I expect you guys to go to Google, at least Google and look up all these people and probably find some clips on YouTube. But George Sanders, he made a career playing a, what he called a professional cad. If you watch films like All About Eve or A Shot in the Dark, The Lodger, 
or Hangover Square. Uh, picture Dorian Gray. Uh, look these films up and just, just watch George Sanders in them. Another one, Robert Newton. I cannot do a pirate if I am doing a pirate game without invoking at least some of Newton. His Long John Silver is iconic. But he was also a good character actor. Go out and find a copy or clips or something like that. I know Criterion publishes it of David Lean's version of Oliver Twist. He plays Bill Sykes. And that is the most psychotic guy I have ever seen. He he scares the living bejesus out of you. He can be that. And when he and when he goes to kill Nancy, oh my god. Oh my god, it's terrifying. So he can do that too. He's also played Javert in, in a version of Les Miserables, believe it or not. So he can play the other side, the law side too. But he's just he, he's always there for if you want a pirate, you get Robert, you know, you do Robert. Yar, you can come over here, Jim. That's a good lad. That kind of thing. Orson Welles. Orson Welles is another good one for officials. Or you might want to flip it and put him in a Sydney Green Street type thing where he's a fence or some kind so or so or better yet, some kind of high ranking noble or some kind of high ranking officer who has something shady going on on the side. And he gets stuff done. He but Orsa Wells carries with that that voice of authority. My, my, I always come out with <laughs> Pinky in the brain. <laughs> and He's like the voice of authority, and he's also one of those guys who has the voice of God type voice. I always like guys like him, James Earl Jones, and people who got that deep, sonorous voice that can do anything. Once upon a time, there was two children named Hansel and Gretel, if you need something like that. Okay, let's go to a different, let's go to another, another spectrum. I run gangbusters, and here's a guy that I always use, which is Sheldon Leonard. Now, a lot of people know of Sheldon Leonard. Sheldon Leonard was a character actor. He became a producer in TV. I mean, he was a guy, him and Danny Thomas produced the Dick Van Dyke show, the Andy Griffith show, I Spy, and a whole bunch of other ones. So he became a prolific producer. But as a character actor, he was always the guy, they would use him on Jack Benny all the time as a racing guy, a race tout. And he was always the one. If you watch Guys and Dolls, he plays Harry the Horse. So it's that guy. You know who I'm talking about. Hey, bud, come here. I want to talk to you. He talks out of the side of his mouth like this. And now I'm not telling you guys to do the voice or anything like that, but this is the essence you should get in the characters. Another one. Here's a current one. Richard O'Brien. Everybody loves Riff Raff. You can use Riff Raff straight in a horror, a horror scenario or even a fantasy scenario, but I prefer to use him in something a little more mysterious. I like, I always do him as Mr. Hand from Dark City. Oh, yes. Yes. I understand. Oh, yes. Yes. That kind of thing. Very creepy. Very creepy. Another good one for gangbusters or some kind of city thing is Al Pacino. Oh, my God, Al Pacino. Al Pacino, I, there's a, okay, <laughs> we'll do it this way. When I run Gangbusters, I use Rock Junction 
I don't use like for a city because I already set up the black hand, which is already, which is their mafia, their, their gang, their gang, their big gang. And I always, I set it up. I came up with this guy, Rocco Rispoli, Ruby Rocco Rispoli. He's the head of the gang and he's got a brother who keeps screwing up and all this other bad things. But I always play him as big boy Caprice from Dick Tracy. You got to do this. You got to do this right now. I can't, I can't, I can't emphasize how much you have to do this because if you don't, I'm going to hurt you. Now that kind of thing. John Goodman. Now John Goodman, I use him like a little spice. In Mutant Future, the PCs worked for a mutant bear named Barter John. Nice guy, nicest guy in the world. It's John Goodman from The Big Lebowski. Yeah, it's it's John it's John Goodman from the the Big Lebowski. Uh, you you know the guy I'm talking about. All right, let's come over here. We got something over here. We're gonna show you. To. So now this thing here, you gotta come back with. You don't understand. You gotta come back with it. That kind of thing. My last one that I use, and to my player's regret, and he can be used in fantasy. So you can put him anywhere. For some reason, when I run Swords and Wizardry in my world, every little shop owner, not every little shop owner, but, but one out of every three shop owners they run into will be Gilbert Gottfried. And I just I just do it because I just make the excuse, well, he's got a lot of brothers who are merchants. First time I think I did that was it was a magic item shop. And, you know, they walk in and say, can I help you? Oh, yes, we've just got that in. That's very nice. Oh, yes. Yes. If you want it, I'll give it to you cheap. So, those are the rundown of the characters I use in in games. Like I said, don't worry about the voice. Don't worry about... But try and get some kind of an essence of them. Like I said, go to Google. Google them first. Go to YouTube. Find some clips of them. You know, watch them. And if you want to do this... You know, don't go to impressionists. Please, don't go to impressionists. That's the death. You know, people like Rich Little and other people like that. Because impressions are the impressionists are doing a character of that character, of that actor. Go to the I always say go to the source. Go to the source. If you want to do Peter Laurie, you don't watch some some impressionists do Peter Laurie. What you do, you don't watch Robin Williams do Peter Laurie. What you do, you watch clips of Peter Laurie. You know, he's he's got He's got his own way of talking, yes, and they exaggerate that. But if you watch him do it, you can see his little inflections, his little, his little bits, his little nuances that he brings to the role. You know, he doesn't. He isn't always manic, and he isn't always creepy. But he does. He does alternate. So, if you can find it, we we like to, to get it from you. Any way possible, with discretion, of course. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Now, that's me doing a Peter Laurie impression, but I got that from the source. So, I'm not going to beat you guys over the head with this anymore. So, that's what you, that's what you should do if, you, if you're looking for an NPC. Radio, TV, movies. That's my muse right there. Anyway, I'm going to go finish up the day here, and I hope you folks... All have a great, great day. Until I see you again, keep the dice warm. 
and I will see you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.